The Fake Show is brought to you by Hash House Agogo, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, Brew City Brand Apparel, The Food Connection, LV.com, and by Mr. Antenna. It's The Fake Show with Jim Toffee. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Carlos Santana continues his residency here in Las Vegas at the House of Blues and a recent announcement that the run will continue into 2019. I have questions for Carlos about Woodstock and reuniting with his original bandmates for a new album recently. Carlos, thank you for joining me. Hi, Jim. Hi, Carlos. How are you today? Hi, thank you for asking. I am gratefully and happy. Perfect. And congratulations on rolling your residency into 2019 at the House of Blues. Can you believe that? I am so grateful that after all these years, people have enthusiasm to come and uh, check us out. You know, we were so excited when it was first announced that you'd be playing here a few years ago. Did you think that it would be going this long? No, you know, I'm always in the moment. I'm always present in the present However, I'm, again, I am supremely grateful, thankful, and appreciative that people trust that when they come to a Santana concert, it's going to be fresh, new, and with more energy, with all respect to all the artists and entertainers. Santana's got more energy than anyone in Las Vegas. I agree with that totally, and having seen you a few times, how does it feel for you as a performer at the House of Blues? It feels wonderful. I feel like I'm a scientist, a spiritual right. scientist. We, we, we try uh, different ingredients. We experiment with new rhythms, new melodies. Yes, I know people want to hear yesterday, today, and tomorrow from Santana. However, I do have the liberty to create on-the-spot new islands of never-venture-before freshness, newness, virgin territory, and a thirst for adventure. I love it. Yeah, Carlos, I I talked to uh, Greg Raleigh not too long ago, and he was so happy to have gotten back together with you and Neil Schoen to uh, work on that most recent Santana album, Santana 4. How great was it for you to reunite with your guys? Oh, it was wonderful, you know, uh, the chemistry is always there. We don't have to try at all. You know, you just be. Uh, I love Greg. He's, he's my brother. I love Michael Street, Michael Carabello, Neil Sean. You know, uh, I'm grateful to all of them for sharing their light with, with me. And uh, there's something immediately immediate that happens when we get together. And, and, and that's... We have we have we have uh, our own fingerprints in it. Well, you are so right about that. I every couple of years I watch Woodstock, usually in the summer, and my takeaway, as always, is that you're right about the energy. Santana, Hendrix, maybe Sly and the Family Stone really brought that crowd to a new level, don't you think? Thank you for saying that. Yes, absolutely. We respect all the other musicians and all the other artists. However, the the music that stays here, 2018. Sly, Jimmy, and Santana, it's not about back then, it's about now and tomorrow, you know, so, so thank you for saying that. It's about energy, only about energy, it's not about anything else but energy. Was there nervous energy on your part? I mean, you were just a kid, really, as you're getting ready to go on stage there. I, I was a little bit nervous. Because yeah. uh, because I was totally on acid, you know, and, and uh, right. uh, uh, whatever whatever I took. But 
I trusted that, that God would grant me my request. I, I kept saying over and over and over. I didn't even know what a mantra was or repetition was. I just kept saying it just as to, to, for stability. stability. God, please help me stay in tune and on time. And I'll never do this ever again. Right, right, exactly. And it turned out pretty darn good, didn't it? Yeah, it turned out pretty good. I'm, I'm very yeah. great. You know, I know that you and your band put in long hours of rehearsal even to this day. How do you get into that mindset? The thing that I rehearse is to realign all the musicians into the same tempo, same groove, and same feeling, and make it new. That's what I rehearse my band. You know, it's like a conductor... Or like a chef, you want just the right amount of onions and garlic and oregano and everything. So when you dip your fingers and you taste it, you go, excellent, perfect. Right. So many bands fall apart or collapse from the inside because they succumb to outside distractions. How have you kept the music sacred after all of these years? Oh, thank you for asking that. You know, my father, my mother, uh, Bill Graham, Clive Davis... Tito Puente, B.B. King, John Lee, Miles Davis. So many people have gotten out of their way to adopt me. Like, they kind of adopted me like a puppy, you know, in the streets. And they uh, nurtured me, coached me, directed me. And all of them went out of their way to see something in me and open doors for me. Like Bill Graham, because of Bill Graham, we were in Woodstock. And because of Clyde Davis, we were in... Supernatural, and but I'm 71 and I'm just starting. Right, and you know I have heard you speak with great reverence about your parents in the past, and I know that one of the proudest moments in your life was when you were able to, after getting the first check from the first album, you were able to buy a house. Talk about that a little bit because it meant a lot to you, didn't it? Buying a house for your parents. Yes, thank you for saying that. I was we were living in Tijuana in La Colonia Libertad, which is like the ghetto ghetto of the ghetto 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 ghetto, <laughs> right. and uh, and I was. Looking at my mom, uh, and I said, Mom, someday when I grow up, I'm going to buy you your own house and refrigerator and dishwasher. Oh, that's nice, mijo, you know. I'm like, no, you don't Don't dismiss me like that. I, I'm going to keep my <laughs> When I did keep my promise, I got my first check from the first album. Uh, I went in and gave her the check, and I said, go get you your house. And go pick up the house that you want. It... I was able to do that about five to seven times differently because we keep move we kept moving my parents and, and my sisters, uh, especially my parents, my, my mom and dad, because sometimes you know uh, the, the place that you buy after a while, certain undesirable people move into the neighborhood and it becomes dangerous for my right. dad to walk at night and my dad likes to walk at night uh, because he's a musician and so. Anyway, I feel really, really grateful that I was able to keep my promise to my mom and dad about uh, having a, a wonderful house for them. It's such a great story. The sound of your guitar is so unique. I mean, it's there are a few like Hendrix and Clapton and, and Terry Kath who have that different, that unique sound. Do you consider that a gift? I know there's a lot of work that goes into it, but is that something that came to you? You know, this is going to sound really esoteric, but it's okay because that's who I am. That was given to me 
before I was born. And it got increased with my mom's conviction and my father's charisma. Then I learned the vocabulary from John Lee Hooker, Lightning Hopkins, Jimmy Reed, and B.B. King. And then it kept growing by listening to Otis Rush and Paco de Lucia and John McLaughlin and Miles. So I became all of them. However, I sound like me by the grace of God. Great answer. You you grew up, musically at least, in San Francisco at a time when there was so much diversity in music. Uh, how huge was it for you to be part of that scene with The Dead and Michael Bloomfield and The Airplane and others? Oh, thank you. It was huge because I was still uh, getting out of high school. I was in Michigan High School, and I was cutting school a lot and, and going to uh, this uh, hippie park and also Panhandle. And I was playing that on a truck, and I closed my eyes to hit that note in Jingo. And when I opened my eyes, right in front of me, it was Michael Bloomfield and Jerry Garcia. And they were cracking up, man. They were elbowing each other like, yeah, you know, in other words, acknowledging that here's a new kid on the block that's got something, you know. And they, they were like drinking from my well, if you will. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and they were happy. So that gave me confidence. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, it's like you say, one thing leads to another. I know that that we're short on time here. I just want to mention Santana performing through November 11th this year and then just announced shows in 2019 at the House of Blues. And check out the HOB box office for details. And an interesting side note is that a portion of the proceeds are donated to the Milagro Foundation, which I know is very important to you. Yes, uh, we we do this so we can do that. We get to help uh, hospitals, clinics, uh, schools, um, and also a lot here in, in Las Vegas. There's a lot of I admire so many people here in Las Vegas that I call them weapons of mass compassion. There's a lot of people who roll out their sleeves early in the morning and through the whole day they serve humanity in such an honorable, respectful, and uh, with integrity. So I, I play music so I can do that. It's an honor to have you in our town and, and always an honor to talk with you. And good luck with uh, the residency as it continues into next year. Thank you. The best to you and enjoy all the abundance of blessings and miracles. All right, Carlos, you as well. Nice talking to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Carlos Santana's life has been so incredible, and I'm wondering if there's ever been any thought to doing a movie treatment of his life. Once again, Santana's run continues here in Las Vegas at the House of Blues. Thank you all for giving The Fake Show a listen. I'm Jim Tofty, and I'll see you back here next time. Take The Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. Oh,